0: Engaging digitally can be exhausting. Costing energy in exchange for social interaction without the duck and cover of smaller conversations, it requires different mental energy for me. It's a sensory overload and on Sundays, I don't switch on. I haven't felt that it's been needed. Although I miss the people, the conversations, the community foundations, I want to be connected with people in person. It's not sparked by now, not new, but church feels too small and there are days when God feels completely implausible while on others their existence is fundamental, entwined with my own. It's not sparked by now, not new, but church feels too small. It can't contain ideas and concepts which must burst out of its walls. I'm not sure that it is helping me to decode this life. I am walking through its language and tradition seem archaic and there are parts of church I find so frustrating I want to switch off and walk away. I have been outside, standing in space and silence in the countryside, standing alone, hearing birds singing wherever I go, standing by the waves and listening to them wash in and out with a comforting regularity. I have seen these tableaus of nature lit by shining sun. I am comfortable with this uncomfortableness. I am engaged with voices, with ideas. I am outraged by the inequalities now only heightened by this crisis and which are staged in front of me each day at work, as I am largely fine. I have listened to podcasts, flipped through a thousand articles, been cheered by several well-timed memes and the black humour of well-known friends. I wonder what will be, if church will fit back on the comfort of well-worn prayers which connect through time as well as connecting us to each other. I have seen the newly included alongside the continually excluded. I wonder how we will wear church again, how the pieces will fall and if they will fit back together. I am looking for thin spaces and I'm trying to stretch my feet out on this holy ground. My name is Emily McGrath. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Resonate podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Resonate Bristol team, associated with St Stephen's and Holy Trinity Hot Wheels churches. Welcome. Resonate is usually a physical event, however, due to current ongoing world events, we are trying out some digital formats. We aim to cultivate an open-minded space where we can explore ideas and, in this time when we are physically separated, we hope these snapshots of our community can be a link to others. This week, The Church in Lockdown, featuring voices from a cross-section of our community. The content this week has been edited together from individual reflections, arranged interviews and conversations to give you the feel of our wider discussions. We'd like to thank our contributors, Laura, Adrian, Catherine, Nick, Dave, Nick, Julia and Lee.
1: I thought I'd start by sharing a bit about what Sundays look like for me up north in Whitby at the moment. Haphazard would be the word that I'd use, but that certainly hasn't necessarily been a bad thing. Um, I'll say a bit more about that later. On Sundays, generally, I have been able to tune into online services, not always at the time that they're live, but usually at some point during a Sunday. And I think that's been really important in terms of helping me to still feel connected to a church community when you're hundreds of miles away and in a completely different location.
2: Well, my Sundays have got a lot simpler than they were before. I'm usually downstairs having breakfast or reading the newspaper, um, reading a book. And then at about 1025, I think I, I should probably put Facebook on and, uh, and join. And, uh, that lasts for usually what, half an hour or so, and then turn that off and I'm back in the, in the day. So it's definitely become a more simple and shorter experience on, on Sunday mornings.
3: I do generally do the service itself on Sunday mornings live where I can. Um, I find that quite helpful just to structure for my day. But I definitely I miss the fact that you can't kind of socialise aside from that. I feel like my Sunday church is much less a part of my Sunday realistically and therefore much less a part of my week than it was um because you know it's everything from the routine of getting up cycling to church having a coffee with people having a chat s the, the the meditative nature of the service and then coming back
4: it's a lot more leisurely i don't have to be anywhere yeah it's it's just a, a much simpler simpler
5: um, day for me now that's changed a lot for me because um, as a church warden i normally am quite busy on a sunday morning and have to Drag myself out of bed quite early and um, get over to St. Stephen's and unlock and start sort of moving bits of kit around and plugging things in and just being there to to set up takes um, you know an hour or whatever it takes and uh, normally Jeanette and I or you know there's one or two of us quite busy really so Sunday has suddenly become a lot more relaxed. Um, I can listen to a lot more radio in the morning, which um, we do um, and not have to leap out of bed. So yeah, really Sundays are very, very different for me now. And that means I have to say that the um, the Zoom Sunday morning service that Lee's doing is absolutely on the money for me. It's absolutely brilliant because I can just completely focus on that and really listen to the talk and really listen to the prayers and Lee as he leads the service. I, I'm really enjoying having that total focus, you know, which I, you you just don't get it somehow um, if you're in church and doing what I do, having to sort of constantly be worrying if the microphone's not working or or whatever it is.
6: I guess at the moment, Sunday mornings look like most other days uh, that I'm not working. I have a nice lie-in, have some breakfast, Do whatever comes to mind. I suppose a wider point here is I guess the things I miss are the physical, in-person meeting with people, chatting with people that kind of physical sense of belonging to the community that you get just from literally seeing there are other people in church with you um and so in terms of actual liturgy and preaching input i probably just haven't really engaged much
2: i think i do actually like the the being present that the the online the 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 screen i think does in some ways put a barrier between you and and other people um the 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 sort of the immersiveness of of church that you don't necessarily appreciate when you're there but you've gone you've committed time to to being there you you can't really get away (laughs) once you're sitting in the in the church service there's yeah it, it doesn't feel quite as as um satisfying i think in in some ways the social
3: side of it i miss a lot um I guess if I'm completely honest, I also find praise without the community around me very difficult. In terms of singing praise, I just don't like it. It feels weird to be doing it when I'm just hearing one person sing and I just can't do it. I find it a turn off. That doesn't work for me. And in that sense, I much prefer the Quakers way of doing things, I think. Also, I... This is going to be a bit controversial, I think. I had a housemate years ago who was a jehovah's witness and she's not anymore and we were living together for a while in the run-up to her leaving really and towards the end of her leaving the witness community she wants she used to come back home quite angry sometimes with some of the things that had been said and i once said to her why don't you just you know talk about it with them as in you know she was always she's always very um Tactful, but why don't you challenge it in the meeting or leave or whatever? And she said that actually, really, what she feels like is you never know when someone's saying something that you find awful in whatever way that you don't know what someone else is taking from that. So, actually, to challenge it in that environment is not appropriate. And I think one of the problems with church, the way we have to do it now, is that. If I hear something I don't particularly like, or I'm not interested in, or I can't relate to, I can switch it off. And when I'm sat in a church service, actually in the building, of course, you would never, I would never do that for all the reasons that my housemate said, because I think sometimes it's good to hear stuff that you don't like, or at least, you know, you can wrestle with it. And in it, and St. Stephen's in particular, that's one of the massive, you know, things I love about St. Stephen's is that people do challenge stuff and they do talk about it within the community. So I miss that because I do switch it off. Um, and so I think uh, it's it's meant I'm a bit more cut off from perhaps some of the things that are being said. The plus side to that is that I think it's made me realise I need to do more reading and and spending time with God on my own. Because actually, if I'm not getting that from church and not being challenged from church, then... Where am I getting it from? So in that respect, I think that's quite helpful.
1: One of the biggest challenges I've had has been the issue with space. I'm not living in the place I usually do. And obviously, normally when attending church on a Sunday, I turn up and this prayerful, quiet space is already set up for me with everything I need. And I go through a process of moving into it from the world outside I've realized uh, that that switch in physical space actually has quite a big effect on me um, in terms of engaging with worship and being able to bring myself before God in a more focused way. So uh, in order to kind of deal with that, I've sort of set about creating an alternative little area in the house. Um, It's just an old cabinet at the moment, to be honest, but it's uh, it's quiet if I close the door. And I have space for my laptop, um, so I'm not having to faff around cables and making room. Um, I've dug out some candles and some prayer books, and it's not looking too bad by now. Um, But yeah, I found that kind of making physical space in the place where you are doing everything else uh, just in one building has been a challenge with not being able to move around and, and attend church in the normal way.
5: What's not good is the obvious thing, which is we're not in the same space. We're not, you know, you can't just go up to somebody and give them a hug or shake their hand or have a cup of coffee. You can't sit down at a table. There's a million sort of like personal uh, just ways of being with people that I am really missing. And that's Sundays and Tuesday nights particularly resonate, Um, you know, all the different times and places where we meet together it's very very different and that is hard um it's a whole different way of being
4: I think I've missed the just the, the the whole community thing of church you know being there on a on a Sunday having coffee and cake for the service um and um yeah just that whole interaction of the service, being being there in the flesh really, uh, I think I, I I'd miss that.
1: One of the key things I found I do miss became quite apparent to me when I was involved in the live streamed service the other week and was doing the talk. It was a very odd experience to be sitting down in my bedroom speaking very animatedly to myself. Um, and whilst the chat functions, etc., are great, it's really quite different um, to the kind of live interaction and feedback and, and atmosphere, I guess, that you get um, normally when everyone is physically present. So, yeah, I think um, when you're sitting by yourself, um, essentially attending a service, I do miss that sense of each of us going on a journey together at the same time rather than perhaps contributing our parts or having our experiences um, more separately as it were they're still quite unexpected we've had Holy Trinity and St Stephen's trying out various different approaches to services um, and other offerings and I think it's quite exciting to get to see some of that creativity and the way that that's stretching um, what would normally be done on a Sunday And I think um, for me that sometimes the trying to fathom out new things and play with technology has probably made me prick my ears up a bit more (laughs) and sit back, uh, sit up and pay attention um, rather than sit back into the routine. Um, So that's been uh, yeah, something that I've really enjoyed at the moment.
4: I do miss the, you know, being in the church building and the cafe and seeing everybody and catching up. You know, you miss that. I know it i know lee's encouraged us to uh connect with people after with a coffee and things but it's uh, never really happened for me to be honest so uh yeah but i miss i miss the, the social stuff as well
2: i think there's a spontaneity about the, the before and after church and during church that is very difficult to to replicate You you don't know who oh. you're gonna have a conversation with on a on a sunday morning when you go in and have a coffee yeah. but it sort of it takes some pre-planning and setting up to do things online to, to talk to people and perhaps you're yeah there's sort of that element of chance that we we miss out on at the moment
6: there's, there's something isn't there about not having kind of a, a purpose so if as you say if you're just kind of sat or wandering around the cafe and you start talking to someone it's so much more easier or natural whereas Mm. you kind of schedule a zoom meeting and it and it feels like you must have a a need or or a reason and so you end up these really kind of stilted uh you know waiting room conversations or or, (laughs) someone described them, i think um where you kind of feel like you have to force things and um yeah it's 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 something that that kind of casualness that, that lottery almost of just you know a random thing coming up or connection that you find between people uh, is is much harder to replicate isn't it?
1: I am living at the moment near Whitby Abbey so I've found it really useful to get outside um, when I can and just stage my own makeshift service on the grass by the ruins Um, nothing overly complicated usually just reading the Bible passages for that day or having a look at my Pray As You Go app and winging it, to be honest. (laughs) And that's been really quite fruitful. And it's been good to um, be able to get into outside space as well and move into a different area, I think, when trying to worship has been quite important.
2: I found the the morning prayer um, time at nine o'clock in the mornings an opportunity to to log in and and to, to pray as part of a community um in a way that in my life before this that wasn't a time in my day when I was stopping and um joining other people uh and and praying about the world and our church communities and things that we need
6: I found some other areas perhaps uh you know having the option uh read a bit more widely or Read interesting things on the internet, but yeah i I think the the resonate meetings we've had have provided more of the sense of of community and belonging that that perhaps i I need um and so that that's filled a gap more than anything, particularly on a Sunday morning. Greenbelt has been cancelled, but the fact that they're still doing stuff online and and seeing that that's ongoing and engaging with some of that is kind of felt encouraging and, and kind of still be part of something and, and know that mm. something is still there and ongoing. Um, I've watched quite a few little uh, sets by um, musicians and, and, and folk artists and things who do kind of, you know, and again, just just to know that they're still trying to engage with the, the, the people who listen to our music and, and those have felt quite warming in a strange sense that they probably wouldn't necessarily normally do because you are, joining with like-minded people still in that in that way
4: my devotional he encourages people to submit their reflections um you know after uh, doing the devotionals so there's been there's been some and he, he puts them on this rsvp page basically and everybody can can enter into that so that's been brilliant a lot of very creative stuff um poetry um yeah it's been uh, that. that's there's been a real sense of community i have quite enjoyed the online it's been it's been better than i thought it would be
5: um
4: and um i i also still connect with my the blokes prayer group on a wednesday morning as well so that's that's really nice to be able to do that as well along with the other online stuff that's been going on i read that the bishop of manchester for i think one of his easter services had 400,000 people who had viewed that service so it's i just think that whole thing i'm just interested in that that phenomenon and that that's i think that's very interesting you know do people engage i mean one of the questions you could ask is do people engage um More with spirituality when they're in crisis.
5: The daily prayer every morning at nine o'clock. I'm absolutely enjoying that and just having that time every day to sort of anchor your day. It's easy. It's 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 just a simple thing um, to meet with others at the beginning of the day. You know, it feels it's kind of monastic. It's it's like a sort of that whole rhythm of the day, um, which I think you don't get with normal life and normal church, unless you happen to live in a monastery or something.
7: One of the things that in church has been really useful for me is the daily prayer that's been happening. I far from gone along daily, but I dip into it a few times a week. And that has been something that has really sustained me. On those mornings when I wake up and the hours just stretch ahead, and it feels like Groundhog Day, to meet with others on Zoom see familiar faces and collectively unite in prayer before God has lifted my spirit. And I also think that those prayers make a real difference, partly because it aligns us with God's perspective and God's will and his plans and his purposes. When we say things like your kingdom come, your will be done, And so verbalising our thoughts out loud to God with others and hearing those of others and meditating and ruminating on that along with scripture builds us a picture of what it is that God is saying and doing. And it gives us a sense of what he's thinking and feeling in this. And then our prayers become clearer again as we understand more. And that is our basis for response.
5: I don't love Zoom, but in terms of actually keeping church alive i think it's it's brilliant that we can use that technology to to see each other and talk to each other
2: that the, the advantage i think sometimes maybe church doesn't have that uh reputation for being particularly um, flexible or being able to adapt to the changing circumstances um but i think that the the online um approach and the things that we've the the things we've put in place to respond have been advantageous in that that what works works what doesn't work it doesn't really matter you can sort of experiment maybe a little bit more um so that might be a a big advantage with with the way things have have gone but uh, but i think it's one of the big questions
4: about this whole thing is now we're doing it you know can we turn it to our advantage and have meetings where we can connect on Zoom, this could well be a way of saving time by interacting um, in these new ways using technology.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. In theory, I think there's there's a real inclusivity to an online church that something like the podcast that Emily put together on poetry can, can go out and, and anyone can listen to it. It doesn't require a, a commitment of showing up on a, a Tuesday evening and, and sitting through an hour and a half of being there in a, in a place with people you don't know. Um, it's, it's a way in. It's a, it's a, it, in theory, it's, it's open to anyone who has a, um, a device that can, can play it on, but you're working at nine o'clock. Um, that, that means that you can't participate in some of these things. So I think that's really important to be thinking about. And of course, lots of people don't have access to to the technologies that we that we need. Um, and and I think in when I was thinking about this idea of inclusivity, I think something like a a Zoom meeting it can be more intimidating. I found to 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 go into a, a Zoom meeting with people you don't know than to go into a a room with with people you don't know because of a lot of the things we've been talking about already, the, the lack of the individual conversations and the, the spontaneity of, of that makes, makes it a little bit uh, trickier to, or at least for me, I, I find that harder to sort of um, engage with as an outsider than an in-person meeting. So I think there's, there's pros and cons with the sort of that idea of this being a place for everyone to come. But I think certainly it's... Mm. It can make things more efficient. You can have PCC meetings um, a lot quicker than the old uh, the old model where you have to, to come in on an evening and, and so on. So yeah, I think there are lots of advantages.
4: Just one other point, really. I'm just thinking about the the fact that a lot of people have engaged online who don't normally go to church. Now, I think with some certainly with our with facebook live you can be quite anonymous on that as well and some people don't want to engage with other people do you know i mean they want to be quite hidden um you know so i'm thinking there's something there about you know not 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 having to be so known with these with some of these platforms for uh for church interaction
6: yeah it's a good point i think for some people, perhaps, if they are curious, the idea of walking into a big, funny-looking building with a possibly squeaky old door, and, you know, that feeling where <laughs> you you expect everyone will turn around and look at you if you just try and sneak in the back. You know, there probably are people who, mm. who being able to just, you know, as you say, anonymously join a, a Facebook Live group or a kind of open meeting and just be able to listen and, and take stuff in without having to commit to engaging with anyone is...
4: Mm.
6: Is probably something, um, but as you say, that there's always going to be the, the difficulty. Then is how do you how do you make sure what you're presenting to people offers the opportunities to engage or or to, to kind of step forward if if people want to.
2: And I think it breaks down ge- geography as well that people can tune in wherever they are. Um, so I, I was um, talking to my mum and dad who live in Abingdon in Oxfordshire on a Sunday evening, and, and they would tuned in and listened to. One of the talks I gave on the on the service, and I, I had no idea they were going to do that um, it was It was very nice, and we had a, a good chat about it. But I think that that kind of, it does change things a little bit that when you when I was doing the prayers a couple of weeks ago, I was very conscious of not just praying for Bristol but play, praying for cities where we live or the places where we live or the villages where we live, and trying to be inclusive with that in a way that if you are at St Stephen's or Holy Trinity. you you can sort of pray out from that place because everyone who's in the service is is there at that moment together. But there's a lot more um, people coming in from different parts of the country and different parts of the world, just being cognizant of that as we put the service together.
7: I find that my own faith journey has taken on a new intensity. I remember just at the beginning of the pandemic starting having such a sense that the body of Christ, the church around the world had a call to rise up and engage and respond to this in a unique way and that being in a practical way and also in a spiritual and in the church communities that I know of and that friends are part of, I think I've really seen that. Like our spiritual temperature has been upped, in the amount of prayer that's happening, in the reflections being shared, in the initiatives. And so one thing for me that um, I think I found is that crisis seems to sharpen our focus. And I think that's true um, for people of faith and and not, that we um, are refined and honed in a crisis. And I'm certainly finding that in my own journey with God. I find that in this time, often a a friend, maybe one I haven't spoken to for years, will come to mind and I'll write her a card or ring them up and find that there's been a lot going on in their life. And that's felt like a, a God prompt, really. And also on a bigger scale, that in our spheres of influence, I think that we are to have a voice of what God is Doing and saying in this. So, my big drive in everything faith related at the moment is what is it that God is saying and doing during this real international crisis in a really terrible time? And that's the question that I'm asking friends when we have conversations, that's what I'm thinking when I'm listening to podcasts and engaging with church. Um, and one thing that I even listened to yesterday that I'll share that I found really helpful was uh, this was from Unite 714. A lady called Christine Cain. And she was talking about Pentecost and in Acts 2, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And she said, The disciples, they heard the sound of the wind, they saw flames of fire um, falling on each other's heads, and they spoke in different tongues. So they heard saw and spoke something that had never been heard, seen or spoken before. And today we can all be reading the same newspapers, listening to the same news, speaking the same narrative, but actually as believers, we are to empowered by the spirit, hear and see and speak something other, something otherly, something heavenly. And that is our role during this time. So for me, My hope is that when this crisis passes and when a a degree of normality returns, that we as church don't lose that intentionality and that intensity in seeking God, that our heart is still to to seek him and what he's doing. That's what I want for me. Because it's no less important then. And actually, I, I... I'm hearing and think that there's a bit of a spiritual awakening happening in society. And so we as church need to be ready to respond to that, need to be ready to enlarge. Um, so it's, this is a really important time for us to seek God, spend time with him, grow in intimacy with him in private and with others. Um, as hard as it is in not seeing each other and as hard as it is in the ups and downs of the current crisis that it's so important for God's will to be done and God's kingdom to come. So those are my thoughts. I just thought I wanted to add a quick disclaimer that I don't believe COVID-19 is from God, that that is his will or his purpose but that he is always at work um, for good and to be with people in their suffering.
5: So certainly early on in the lockdown, I, um, I, back in, I think, January or early in the year, I, I'd done that thing that I, you know, we all do from time to time. We think, right, I'm going to read the Bible from beginning to end. I'm going to start at Genesis. And you get to sort of like, you get through Exodus, okay, lots going on. And then you hit, Whatever it is, Leviticus or something, and you think that nah, this wasn't such a good idea. But anyway, I kind of persevered with it through January and February. I didn't do the whole; I didn't read it in great detail. I kind of skim read. But as the um, as the lockdown started, end of March, middle to end of March, I was just starting the Book of Job, and um, it really struck me that you know Job was somebody who was a, a wealthy, successful businessman, family man, farmer, and everything was taken away from him. And, and he became very, very ill, you know, he was close to death, and he had this awful disease. And it it just sort of, it it kind of chimed in with the start of the lockdown and the virus and the, and the fact that people were losing their um, livelihoods and their, you know, their health. Um, And, I think on a, on a faith level, I don't know, uh, uh, I had a sort of had an answer worked out to this, but I'm now sort of like rethinking it. Um, but it seemed like that journey that Job was going through. Um, I felt myself just tipping into it and I was, you know, in the early days, you didn't really know what the virus was going to mean and you sort of thought, well, you know, this could hit me quite seriously. And, um, would i be the kind of christian that would be very calm and trusting in god um able to uh just trust god that he was going to look after you but deep down thinking actually this could be really scary and um, i could get really ill and my family my children my grandchildren could be really affected by this disease and um uh yeah so There was a kind of shaking of my faith i suppose or a you know a potential shaking i mean i think i've i think i've come through that with i want to say a greater trust in god being there being the rock um a greater sense that a greater sense i suppose that god is behind everything you know the good stuff and the bad stuff and uh so, in the same way that in the in the story of job, um whether or not it was a real true story, I don't know, but in the story, it's very much God allowing Satan to test job um, and you know god is is certain that job will stick with his faith, will not sort of lo- will not reject God, will not reject his faith, and in the same way i I feel that this whole time is something. It's probably a bit controversial now, but I think it's something that God has allowed to happen. And I think that through it all, you know, in, at some point in the future, we'll look back and we can, you know, I'm sure there'll be lots of books written about, yeah, this was how God allowed his people to be tested or he allowed the world to be shaken so that people would turn to him. I don't know, there's all sorts of ways in which I can see this period as being something that God is wanting to don't want to use the word inflict but out of love I think God allows things to happen to people and to you know society in general for some greater good so um so I really believe that I think you know that and and that has perhaps affected my faith journey in the last couple of months really is thinking okay God this is bad but really I just want to ask the same questions that I normally ask in everyday life if I'm you know not every day but you know the basic question of okay this is happening to me to us what are you saying through it Lord and what do you want me to do in response how do you want me to live how do you want me to speak how, what do you want to me to do you know um, where are you going with this God I suppose is a sort of thing that i try and do as a sort of um as a thing and and i'm doing it now i mean i i don't know i think again this is one one of these things that i haven't really fully worked out in great length i'm not a theologian at all i'm just an ordinary guy who sort of like looks at life and looks at the things that happen in the world and tries to you know i think the bible is all about trying to Bring together the big events of life and that happen in the world, together with God's plan and intent for us, for the world. And and I think, yeah, I, I think I. I think that's something we need to do. Um, we need to somehow see God's hand in, in the good and the bad, um, and not. You know, I I just don't think there's anything. There's nothing that happens by chance in a, you know, and again, it's sort of like, I'm not a philosopher, I'm not a theologian, but I just have that sort of deep set feeling that, um, that really anything that comes along, even the really extreme things, you know, God's in it somewhere and, and we just need to hold on to that and um, keep asking the question and, and keep looking for an answer which may not come for years or it may never come to be looking for that spark of what is, you know, um, what's God doing in it. And yeah, I, maybe it's extreme and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm the only one.
3: I don't feel massively engaged with church at the moment, truthfully, um, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't feel necessarily that my faith has changed per se, but I do feel like I'm also more engaged with my neighbours than I am with the church community at the moment. And I think if it's, if this has made us as a church look outwards in our very local communities, then I think that's, that's a good thing. Um, and also, you know, members of the church have called me to see how I am, which has just made a real difference and meant a lot actually, because it shows that it's not just a church on Sunday. And likewise, you know, I hope I kind of stay in touch with people outside of the service too. Um, but I think it is good. It kind of forces us to look outward a bit more or in, in places we wouldn't normally look.
1: One real advantage I've found to church at the moment is the flexibility. My situation right now means that I can't often access online services live. And to be honest, if I were trying to attend church in a building at a specific service time at the moment, it's likely that I would have to miss out So I'm really grateful to have the leeway to engage as I'm able, and it has made me think more about how in future um, the church might better be able to cater to and reach people who struggle with the traditional Sunday attendance times or those who can't attend regularly for health reasons, etc. in terms of looking um, at what we can offer um, them in terms of access to services. As I said at the beginning, this whole haphazard approach hasn't necessarily been a bad thing. Um, I think one of the biggest things I've noticed in the last couple of months is that I can often limit God to my regular little routines and my plan or ideas of when I want to interact with him And I often find myself only thinking of his presence, um, his being present and engaging with me when I've like consciously set aside a specific time in an organised fashion in exactly the way that I think it should be done. And um, for me, lockdown and my change in location and the sort of complete collapse of my regular system has really made me think about how I sometimes... Rely on those structures and my own organization um, and my plans a little too much. I've found that um, although at times I've seemed to be uh, meandering through blindly, uh, God is still showing up um, and in new and and unexpected ways. Um, And that has really given me a sense of no matter what the uh, circumstances might be and the limitations. and situations, places that we find ourselves, it's made me see a bit more of quite how ingenious God is, um, and how creative He can be. Uh, and I've really had a sense that He's not intimidated by our circumstances, um, and that wherever we are and and whatever we're doing, He just finds whole new ways to dwell with us. And He's doing that. He's in action, making that happen. And that has really been something unexpected that I've been able to see
5: even before the lockdown i uh, you know it's the kind of thing i reflect on quite a lot you know it's in a way i and perhaps the lockdown has brought that whole thing more into focus really that church shouldn't be about being busy in a sense you know i i i suppose i've always been sort of trying to find ways of making the process of coming together as a community and to worship god you know it it should be very straightforward and simple and easy and you just leave all your sort of like troubles outside in a sense. No, that's probably the wrong way of saying it. But there shouldn't be the kind of nuts and bolts. There shouldn't be the sort of like plugging things in and shifting furniture. But, you know, I, I think it should be simple. It should be just the daily prayer every morning at nine o'clock. I'm absolutely enjoying that and just having that time every day to sort of anchor your day it's easy it's 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 just a simple thing um to meet with others at the beginning of the day you know it feels it's kind of monastic it's it's like a sort of that whole rhythm of the day um which i think you don't get with um normal life and normal church, unless you happen to live in a monastery or something so I think what I'm saying is that yes, I I have been reflecting now um, even more on how we meet together as church, how we interact with one another. It's so complicated a lot of the time and so much so much um extra stuff that can I know it's different for different people, but for me sometimes it distract it detracts from your just wanting to be in the space with god and with others you know to to me that's the that's the objective Mm -hmm. that i would like to do more when and if we get back to something a bit more like normality um i would like it to be more simple more direct more yeah you know and i think lee obviously is Is great at at the experimental. You know, it's saying, "Okay, we're going to try this for three months, and then we're going to see what happens and see how God uses that." So, I I just wonder whether there can could be some thinking around that about, okay, today we're not going to have, um, you know, the music or something, just to take one example. So, you know, we're literally going to just go into the building, we're going to start praying, we're just going to see where God leads it we can have maybe unaccompanied singing you know this is sort of way to the future i've I've, you know we've all been told that singing is about the worst thing you can do if there's any sort of virus floating around because you just get this fog of germs um but yeah so whether there's new ways of worshipping together that involve just a simple coming into god's presence and just starting to worship you know i know that there are people who love the the ceremony and the sort of like everything everything we do and it, it, there's lots of good in it i'm not i'm not knocking it and i'm not saying we want to ditch it all in one go but yeah that's that's how i'm thinking about alternative ways mm-hmm. of being
8: one of the questions that the resonate team shared was about how this crisis and our experience of church has impacted or influenced our faith? And I think that is a really good and important question. And a question that's going to kind of play, work itself out as we continue to reflect upon it and act upon it in the coming months, Um, not just for myself personally, but for many people and for churches. And obviously it goes beyond church, but here we're sort of thinking about this a bit more focus. And it's a really helpful process, um, one that I've also asked our PCCs and wider community to engage with, to gather together learning. And I think that is the first thing I want to say that is a key word is learning. I'm a big believer in the ongoing journey of a follower of Jesus and learning what that actually means to who we are, how we live and so on and so forth. Now. To just reflect on one question means I'm doing it to a degree in a short period of time at the exclusion of many other questions and ones that also deal with different realities around the challenge and the pain and the loss and the difficulties of what's been happening in recent months. But for me personally, I am so grateful for the wrestling of God that this unexpected crisis has caused within me, and I'm still wrestling with. It's been really interesting to both witness and hear about the significant increase of people being interested in the Christian faith. The amount of people searching online for what prayer may mean, the significant increase in people asking about God or engaging with worship. Now there are numerous reasons for this, and I may be too quick to disregard it or disregard them by explaining it that it was just because of this or it's because of that in some kind of shallow surface way. And I also don't want to try to explain it in some kind of numbers system either because I don't think that's helpful or genuine to real life stories and people's human experience. But I have in recent months witnessed and heard about genuine engagement with both church and faith in for people for their first time or for a first time in a long time. And now online church and online faith engagement is hardly new. Lots of us were involved in such things many years ago in different ways. And some of those same people continue to be so right up until now. And so I don't want to try and harp on about the fact that it's a brand new thing, although it's a new thing for many churches and many people, um, as a result of this. Um, But I, I think the future will become more of a mixture of being present together and online for those churches who were not already doing this anyway. I believe God, as always, is involved and engaged through this process for me. I've been learning an incredible amount. Um, My faith, as a result, has been inspired and engaged. Now maybe that's because I'm a person who loves new things and new challenges and opportunities and loves new uh, paths, if you like, being formed on my journey. So perhaps that is why I am where I am with this, not that it's all been easy or it continues to be easy, any process of learning or change or transformation involves sticking with it and being patient and it's hard and sometimes I've stuck with it, sometimes I've been patient and sometimes um, it's been a bit easier than hard. Um, and. There is so much about online engagement that is not me. For those who know me really well, you'll know my views on social media. But when has the gospel not been about putting others first, is something that I've learnt. And being reminded that my faith is not only for my own benefit, but for others. Sometimes I've got that right, and sometimes I have not, and I'm sure that'll be the pattern in the future. Perhaps there will be, I've been reflecting, an increased shift from an I culture in church to a you culture, away from the zeitgeist that we all wrestle with in how we do and be church and live out our faith. I do not feel I need to throw out all that went before or that we will re, or that we will do that when we return to some kind of new, new normal. There is so much that was beautiful and good and right. But, and finally, for me personally, my faith has returned to some of its roots through this crisis, its DNA of what it means to follow Jesus today with the few years left I have left before the next stage of the journey. When I was ordained in the Church of England, a part of that ordination service, within it I was asked to make known the faith that the Church is called upon to proclaim afresh in each generation. I am trying to learn what this means for me today and going forward. And through this crisis and this experience, my faith has been influenced and impacted to once again ask myself what that question means for me today, and how I may go about doing it, and what it might look like in the future.
6: Do you, uh, does either of you get a sense at the moment that we're just killing time until things go back to normal, or is there a sense that we're really engaging in the moment and and engaging with God on the same level as normal, Um, or as I say, does, does it feel very kind of temporary and and only a short-term kind of setup.
4: I mean, I I think it's um, it's it's a mixture of of both, really. I, I think it's uh, I think the technology stuff could be part of how we do church in the future, um, but also I I'm not sure if we'll fully return to normal. Uh, what is normal (laughs) you know I think it might be a little bit different um when we are allowed back into our buildings and I know that that some people are saying that could even be the end of the year even next year before we fully get back in you know so um yeah I think it's it's a real mixture of stuff
2: yeah. I think this, this sense of responding to a crisis is, is something I I've said before that it's, it's been something I've really enjoyed that we've sort of stepped up to this and, and kept things going and come together as a community and try to, to sort of get through this together. But that sense of trying to to get through what's going on implies that there's something we're, we're going towards to, that there is an end. And I mean, I, I, I really do hope there is that, that that yeah that this this does come to a to an end as nick said what happens next isn't going to be the same as what what was before so I think that's an exciting thing um but also it does or for me at least it it does give our current situation a a sense of temporary a, a temporary nature to, to that because I I don't want to be living like this all the time. I want to, I want to see people again and, and go to a pub and all, all of the things that are sort of, that I I enjoy doing um, and and seeing, yeah, that kind of church and being there and having a coffee in the morning and all of these things. So there is, I think inevitably there's a temporary nature to it, but also an awareness that it's going to, it's going to change in the future. Um, It's going to be different in the future.
6: Yeah. You can't, operate on adrenaline forever you kind of you know you, you burn out eventually but um is is there things that you know already you want to take forwards
2: i mean i think with resonate there's some real opportunities to to be interviewing people to be including people in our program who wouldn't necessarily be able to come along on a tuesday evening and recording interviews or Discussions or whatever it might be beforehand. I think does actually give us an opportunity to have a more varied program more uh, Do do things differently as well as including other people So I'd like to see us being a little bit more experimental going forward and not not going back just to the the way things happened before um, but at the same time appreciating what that was was about Um, I think the that there is a bit of a challenge because I think some of the online that sort of thinking about this, the online church works well when it doesn't simply try to replicate what we do in person. So when we're back in church and having a, what, a, a normal church service, simply videoing that and then putting it up online, I don't think is going to actually attract anyone and, and want to make them necessarily. Uh, rush in uh, to Holy Trinity or St Stephen's or any other churches because they've seen that. So we're going to need to think really carefully about how do we combine the in-person and and take what's best from that and take what's best from the the openness and the inclusivity of of this uh, of the online format.
4: As somebody who's a you know a pioneer minister, trained pioneer minister, I I'm very interested in how you know we can engage people so it's not all about getting them into a church you know it's about creating church out there and if it if it's through technology then um that that's that's all very exciting and well and good for me so i i think i'm very interested in yeah how what is the potential for this online stuff um and uh you know because people people are as i know i've said it before but people are engaging a a lot more in a lot more numbers online you know so i'm very interested how we could um create something for people obviously as a pioneer to be trying to create things around people's culture you know so um how could we perhaps use technology for that, you know, uh, for example, how could we engage the lonely? I'm mindful of that because we did some training this week um, on uh, befriending. Um, So, yeah, I'm quite excited about that. Uh, So just praying and thinking, really, reflecting on possibilities, I think. Let's be open to possibilities because I think God God will want to open up new creative possibilities, and I'm sure and some of the the same as well. You know, um, but I think I think there needs to be an openness to um, you know what what's yeah what what might be out there for the future of uh, of of our churches in in, in our community. Um, uh, I think I, I find that really quite exciting. Um, and I think it almost like a, in a, in a way, I think it's a, it's a reboot as well, perhaps, you know, so, uh, i would just be really interested to see how things develop in the, in the coming months.
2: Yeah. I think exciting is the word that I was thinking of that, that this is that we do <laughs> we do tend as church communities to get stuck in our ways and and do things because that's the way things get done. And this has really forced us out of our comfort zones, I think. And like, again, I, I really struggled with, with Facebook and social media is not my favorite thing in the world, but the reality of needing to engage with that to, to, to communicate and to be part of something, yeah, forces you to, to do things that you might not necessarily do. Um, I think, as we kind of look ahead and put things back together again, and take what's good from our experiences now, think about what we we, we miss from before, and um, kind of re-rebuild in in a sense, or continue to build. Um, there's also the idea that we're not going to get it all right, and and we're going to make mistakes, Ooh. and 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 that's okay. I think that that's something that I've also appreciated over the last few weeks that it's been a learning experience. And so things you can do and, and try, if they don't work, they don't work, move on to the next thing. And, and that's something we've had to do out of necessity, I think, recently, but maybe taking a little bit more of that creative spirit and willingness to take a few more risks with the way we do things is, is gonna be a, 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 an exciting thing um, going forward. So I think there is a, positive, a real positivity that comes out of this. Um, and and again, I think that, that, that kind of real sense that we, we have rallied together. We have, there's a, a, a real strength in community, I think, wow. that for me at least has been created by, by going through this uh, together.
0: This podcast was produced and presented by me, Emily McGrath, with music by Scott Holmes, accessed through the Free Music Archive. Thank you to all of our contributors, Laura, Adrian, Catherine, Nick, Dave, Nick, julia and lee you can access us on twitter at resonate bristol and on facebook at resonate we look forward to hearing from you and your thoughts on this podcast and we'll see you next time